I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast. I am joined today in our, I think, four-part series. This might be the last one. Um, by coach number nine for season 2021, MVP, Devin. How are you, mate? Yeah, all right. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. So tell us a bit about yourself to start off the podcast. How, who do you support and how long have you been playing the game of Supercoach? So I support Geelong and live in Geelong as well. I think that's the oh my, third wait, person wait, in the hold, top ten. Hold up, hold up. You support Geelong. Yep. And I, I'm I'm going to the game this week. I'm I'm obviously poor. Oh, this, this is I, how have we not come on? How, how have we not come on to this yet? Oh no, that's a disaster, this, I, really. Because I, I already don't feel like being nice this entire podcast. And Fantasia's in this week. Of course, Fantasia's in. He's yeah. our he's our barometer. No, no, <laughs> that's being uh, super generous there. <laughs> All right, well, we'll talk more about Fantasia later. Um, how long have you been playing Supercoach for? So I was just trying to find on the website, and uh, I think I had a different account when I was younger. So here it says 2016, and I reckon I started taking it serious in about. 2019 when I started listening to the podcast and then learned how to play in 2020, I reckon. So how did you rank last year then? Last year, I was, I think I finished, what did I finish? Um, it was 20-something thousand, I'm pretty sure. Where am I? Pretty Season good. Rank. 19, 4, 6, 6. But with, in round 15, I was ranked 
2,891. So I had a pretty steep decline. How did that drop-off come about? That's a big drop. Well, There's like four rounds left at that stage. Yeah, I I forgot that there was a limit to the trades. Well, I didn't forget. I just, (laughs) I I hadn't learned the lesson yet. And I think that was my first. You've been listening to Pistol too much, I think. Yeah, I just went, I went ham. I didn't have any trades left from round 15 onwards. Okay, that probably explains that then. So, um, obviously, you did a lot better this year. Did you do anything different uh, compared to your last season? Obviously, you said you started taking it seriously last year, started listening to um, podcasts in 2019. What was the main things you took into this season and maybe did differently to have the success that you had? Well, in so I think this year was the first year I listened to all the pre-season podcasts, which are probably the most important to listen to, I'd say. Um, and I think consistent with all the other podcasts, getting off to a good start is pretty important. So listening to those podcasts and just making sure that I've got a good starting squad and a good, yeah, just squad and, uh, information about who I want to bring in later in the season was, uh, pretty important this year. Yep. So in that starting pot, starting team, um, how exactly did you go about researching which players to start over others? Um, did you avoid most of the traps to start the season? Um, what sort of like what sort of research did you take into the year? What was more important or prioritised for you? Um, I probably looked at the figures mostly. Uh, I did watch a lot of the preseason games, but more yep. looking at uh, not so much the players, but just how much how the teams. Uh, we're going to play and kind of how they were setting up their years. Um, I did get trapped by, uh, what's that, maybe three mid-price players. Okay. Um, Do you remember the, the yeah, three? Yeah. The three were Fantasia, uh, Clark, and Dow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people started with Clark and Dow. Fantasia, maybe a little bit more of a niche pick, maybe something to do with a, a podcast that you might have listened to when you shouldn't have. But, um, you know, I don't think, I don't think by and large those were bad selections, especially on when you consider it on their merits. And you look at what Dow's done in the latter half of the season, if, if you reverse that, that pick actually goes a hell of a lot better. So um, if those were your three sort of trappy type players, you've done a pretty good job in your starting team. Um, who was your, your favorite pick to start the squad? Uh, I think most people's favourite would have been Zeeble to get it started, but yeah. I didn't mind starting. Uh, uh, Danaher was a pretty good start. Yeah, a lot of people because, dropped off of him as the preseason went along, didn't they? Well, I think only two of the top ten ended ended up starting him, which was um, pretty interesting that I saw on uh, Twitter. Yeah, that and, would have been that Supercoach data posting that. Yeah, and... I kept him till round 12, so he'd gone up, I don't know, about 200K. So, mm. yeah, very good start to the year. And I think he had a, he, I think he had a pretty consistent year all round, though. So, yeah, him, Butters was a good uh, pick until round five. At least you followed me on, in on that one as well. I gave you a 50-50 strike rate there. 
Yeah, but you you also had Houston going for a bit, and <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't end up starting him because I got trapped. I think it was last year you were on him as well, <laughs> and uh, I started him last year, and it was just... It does, it does ring a bell now that you mention it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm staring clear of that trap. Yeah, no, no, never again for me as well. I rest assured I will not recommend Houston ever again. And uh, I won't recommend Razio either. So I appreciate my, both my interviews this week have brought that up immediately. So that's, that's a good start to my career. Um, all right, so what were, you, what were the main factors? So did you, were you more of a listener and, and sort of um, fact checker, look back on past history or was the eye test super important for you as, as I think it is a, for a lot of people, maybe underrated is the eye test? I think it's a lot of, uh, getting stuff from the uh, the podcast because, like for example, taking kickouts is a was very yeah. important for like feeble scores. Um, even uh, who else was there? Um, it, it was mainly just listening to the podcast and really looking at the stats. Like I I just love looking at the stats and just knowing when people get injured, like when uh, Neil get it got injured or he wasn't playing well, just knowing to bring in Zorko at a good time and yep. uh, game styles as well. Like we saw Kangaroos were playing a certain game style that allowed Hall and Zeebel to really just rack up those disposals. Yeah, so Hall I think has been spoken about in every podcast so far. I assume you were also an early adopter of Aaron Hall? I'm not sure what other rounds people got him at, but I got him in round 11 for 480k, which I think was a little bit later than pretty everyone good. else in Slack. Still pretty good. Not I think sure. M got him in round 9, the majority of Slack probably round 10, and then um, I think the, the gen population started cottoning on in round 13 or 14. So, you know, round 11 still earlier than I think a lot of the competition on getting on Heron Hall. Yeah, well, the week before I got on Martin, so I I definitely stuffed up that round. <laughs> All right, we're, try, we're trying to pump you up here. Keep on coming back to your, your failed picks. Um, all right, so in terms of composition, your starting team, um, how do you, you set up the season? So I think a lot of people were heavy in the back line and lighter up forward with you know a good mix in the midfield. Did, were you about the same? Did you follow along with a lot of people's other templates or... Um, what did you do anything differently? Do you think? I think I was pretty similar to everyone. I had uh, four primos in the back line with two mid prices, and then moving down, I think I had Dangerfield and Dunkley starting in the midfield. So I had yep. two DB, DPP players there, and then I only had I classed Butters as a primo, but I only had Butters um, there, and Absolutely. then Zeebo as a primo. Yeah, well, he, he definitely will be next year. Hey, yeah, that's 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 a later question. Is uh, who you're looking forward to next year? So just keep that one in the back pocket. I had to prompt Josh for about twenty minutes on our podcast to say Zach Butter's name. So, um, all right. So in terms of the buy structure, what did you consider when you're making your starting team? Um, were you heavily into that research, or did you cotton on um, about round three or four, like a lot of others? Um, what was your structure? I, there? I really stuffed it up because I was just looking at the trades that I did. And I had to trade. I think I had to trade Kelly in in round twelve, so he he didn't play in round twelve. 
because I was I knew I was going to be short in round. I think it was fourteen. I was going to be yeah, short. Fourteen was a tough one. So I had to trade in Kelly when he wasn't playing in round twelve, and then I also had to trade in Parrish when he wasn't playing in round thirteen, just to get enough players in for round fourteen. Parish in round thirteen. That also seems a little bit early. Was that was that ahead of anyone? Did you just side sideways a premium to get him in, or did you upgrade to him? Yeah, I traded out Grundy. So it was when yeah, the whole Grundy saga was going on. So ah, I traded him yeah. out, him Warner and Collier Dawkins just to get in Whitfield and Parish and Reeves, and that that pretty much set me up for the rest of the year, I reckon. Yep. So probably one of your better patches of trades there oh definitely that or the um i think jumping on zorko in round five for butters was also another better move yeah for 494k so i reckon that was a pretty good move wow yeah so from then on he subtunned one two three four four, like five times three of them in the last six rounds so you you pretty much got all of the best of um dane zorko Two subtons leading up to that trade was that eye test? Was that Lockie Neal factor? What? What? I think you it was all. One? It was mainly Lockie Neal factor, but it was also I think um, I was just strapped to cash, and I had Butters go out, and he was five hundred one k, and I wanted to get rid of Dow, and I always like having money in the bank. So um, yeah, I think it was just a matter of making sure I had money in the bank. So I left, uh, yeah, got Zorko for 6K cheaper and, yeah, went off pretty yeah, well. did. Absolutely. Um, what about your early season luck? Did you run into many injuries or um, did you happen to avoid them? Did you trade out of injuries? What was your what was your tactic there? How lucky did you start the year? Uh, I had terrible luck at the start of the year. I think, oh, pretty similar to everyone though. I had Dangerfield go down. Yep. I traded out Jones. I traded out Cozzy in a rage trade. I uh, Butters obviously went down. Rage traded. I traded Clark because I was just angry at him. Dunkley went down. <laughs> and then I think I was fine from injuries from then on in. A lot of rage trading. Yeah. Uh, no, I just don't think I got the right rookies for some of it. Um, Jones, I thought was a pretty, I think that was, that was only round three. I traded him out. Yep. And I bought in Jordan. I didn't want to miss the boat on Jordan. So I can see why I did that. Did you hold Jordan for longer than some others did? Did you? I think I held him. 150K? I held him to, so Jordan, I sold at 387, round 14. Um, but I was pretty, I was pretty cut up. I reckon two weeks after I traded Cozzy, he had a pretty good game. I reckon. Yeah, what Jordan that is? Um, Cozzy, sorry. No, Cozzy. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure he had a pretty good game. Not not long after I traded him out, which I was pretty stealing with. Yeah, so I think a lot of people traded Cozzy out because he was just growing dust. Um, and then he sort of exploded a bit, didn't he? He had like four or five games over 80 in the next a couple of months. So, I mean, that's that's as much luck as, as anything in the game, I think. So, um, so your early trade-ins and early phase of the season, 
Who are your biggest stands out? I know, I don't know if you or you've already mentioned Dane Zorko as one of your best trading players. Now Jordan obviously was a good trade in. Who else do you think in the first half of the season really set you up? Well, I got when um, Dunkley got injured. I was pretty lucky to have money in the bank, and I traded out Gordon at the same time and bought in Lloyd and Oliver. I yep. think that was a pretty good move. Um, I was able to trade Steele in for 582 in round nine, so I think that was fairly good timing. Um, I managed to stay away from trying to get the the players that were uh, too high, like Bontem Pally, I think, was 700,000 at one stage. Um, stayed away from him all year. Uh, I think I just managed to pick players up when they were just before everyone else kind of got on, on them, I think. Yeah, it sort of looks like you were a couple of weeks ahead with a lot of players. And I think by the sounds of it, you've managed to avoid a lot of the players that trapped other people in as well. Um, so I know players like Tim Taranto, Tom Phillips, these players were popular starting picks. And although a lot of coaches didn't start them, um, the mixture of not starting them and also hitting the guys at the right time seems to have just given you this consistent boost throughout the season to get to where you, where you got to. Because, I mean, looking at your team, I think a lot of the top 10 have a real POD heavy hitter like Took Miller or, you know, Cheezo's got Sean Darcy. Um, your team doesn't look like it's got that crazy left field guy who's just dominated besides maybe, you know, you, you got a lot of good weeks from Parrish. Um, do you think it was more the consistent ticking of having the best guys a couple of weeks earlier that, that got you in this position? I think for sure. I think uh, having the good, yeah, getting them a little bit earlier, having having the likes of a few mid-prices that uh, hit as well always helps. Like, uh, I think, I honestly think Danaher was one of the biggest yeah. uh, biggest gets that I had for the year. Not, not many people like having key forwards in their team but because he can play up the ground, he can take rock contests and all that type of stuff. He's, uh, he proved to be a pretty good player for 2021. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, he was everything we sort of spoke about in the preseason, and then. It's like Dow came from left field and Clark came out of nowhere. Arasio came out of nowhere for me. But like four or five players sort of kept on 
kept on coming out of nowhere and looking better than what Joe Danaher did in the preseason. So a lot of people jumped off. Was it eye test? Was it just gut feeling? What kept you on the Joe Danaher train? Because he ended up going from one of the highest owned players to a pretty big POD by the end of it. I think it was looking at what uh, Lincoln McCartney did when he got traded from Geelong up to Brisbane. Yep. And seeing that they could keep players fit on the ground a bit better than they could down here. And I just thought maybe the medical staff was a bit better up there. They could keep him on the on the field a bit longer, even if he missed two or three games because he had the rest. It was still going to be a worthy pick compared to someone like Fantasia, who I did start, but... Because Fantasia, like I should, I did, I should have thought more early in the season that Fantasia is just a small forward. Like he's not a person, he's not a person that pushes up and plays midfield or any of those other positions. Yeah. So just think, just Danaher being able to play three different positions really helps. I think. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. I think with the a little bit of ruck time, roaming up the ground and, and taking marks on the wing as well as ticking over steadily with goals and, and not getting injured all season, which is unbelievable by his standards. I kind of agree. It, it might just seem like Brisbane, but I think a lot of clubs tend to turn players around with a fresh look um, and just a, a more revigorated um, run at the game and, and just injury-free. I think it happens with a lot of players. Um, all right, so what round did you consider yourself at full premium, do you think? Uh, full primo, I think I was, I'm looking here, I traded uh, Grundy back in at round 16. Yep. Uh, and I think I was going to wait one more week, I reckon. I was going to wait a week because I wanted to get a better rookie. And um, it turned out, I think it was Coleman Jones ended up putting out, I forget what it was, it was something pretty low, it was sub 20, I reckon. Yeah, so it was I pretty lucky was that five. I did I did the trade. Yeah, so I was I was very lucky I did the trade that week. A lot yeah. of people on him that week. I think in Slack, a lot of people were saying um, that he was going to score two hundred that week. It was a big big vibe in the chat, um, <laughs> but it didn't deter some people from trading him out, and it shouldn't have either. So um, he obviously got injured, which, which was the reason for the poor score. But I think he was still on that score up until like half time before he got subbed out. So. Um, it wasn't a good one. Very lucky to have dodged that one. So when did you run out of trades? Because getting Grundy in at round 16, it sounds like you still have a handful of trades. Were you able to um, negotiate the carnage later in the season? Was that, do you think, a big factor in your rank as well? So I had two trades left after the Grundy trade and yeah. Martin got injured round 19, so I bought into Goey and then I had one trade left and I saw Kelly was out and... With their inconsistent uh, injury reports that GWF usually put <laughs> out, him, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, I was just trading him out. I was straight trading him and uh, bought him Marshall." And very unfortunately, the next week Tom Stewart's out for the rest of the year, which is only two weeks. But I think I got a donut in round twenty-two, which I'm wow. still to uh, donut. I'm still to donate, but I'm still I'm, I'm, I'll do it when I get the. Uh, the you've, cash got, prize. you've got no excuses now. You've got four figures just lined up in your bank account. But yeah, um, I wasn't even going to get that out of you. So round 19, you said you traded in Dugowie? Yeah. So 80, 138, 85, 119, Good end to the season. Again, I think a lot of people just hear the name Jordan Dugowie. He didn't start the season well. 
got thrown into the midfield and obviously reaped the rewards, as did the people who trusted him enough to trade him in, yourself included. Was that literally just finding the position change and jumping on the bandwagon? Yeah, saw the position change and then I reckon it was only my second or third question I'd ever asked Lack was, uh, do you reckon the go is a, uh, a good uh, trade? And people brought up the court case, and then they, I think they they said maybe try Bolton. Oh, I think people because oh, Martin was out, so they were like maybe Bolton takes up his role again, so on, so on. But I, I end up going to Goey because uh, Collingwood really had nothing to lose in the last since Buckley uh, was sacked or he chose to leave. Uh, they had nothing to lose having to Goey in the centre, so. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it may as well run with it. <laughs> Which you did. All right, so that's when you ran out of trades. So late no, in the season. I, I, well, I ran out of trades with the Kelly and Marshall trade. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, and I'm, I'm still cut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I do remember someone in Select saying to hold that Josh Kelly trader. I don't remember exactly who that was. Might have been me. I, it was you, was it? Uh, I mean, if you're if you're saying if you're telling the story, then yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but you also said Fantasia was a good pick. Yeah, no, so yeah, yeah so I reckon we're even. Good. We're even on that, I think. Okay, cool. I'm I'm glad. No, we're even. That's fine. And you finished ninth, so maybe you're ahead. I don't know who's who's keeping score anyway. Um, all right. So, how did you decide to take? So, how did you how did you decide on what threshold you set for your vice captaincy? Uh, I think I'm the only one that um, is in the top 10 that doesn't really have a system that they go off. I just... Oh, do tell. No system is still a system. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. I just kind of go week by week. If I think, say, St. Kilda are playing Adelaide or St. Kilda are playing someone near the bottom of the ladder, say in North Melbourne, um, and my BC gets... Say my VC gets 110 or 100. Even sometimes, I think I did. Oh, here's a good one for you. So McRae did 100 and what did 113 or 119 in the last round? Yep. And I thought Geelong at home, they need a win to have like a home final or choose where their final is. Dangerfield's a lock to go at least 120. And obviously, in that situation, it didn't pay off. Because he finished, you're I think, in the top on ten at this point, and you're gambling a one thirteen on Dangerfield. Yeah, because I thought I wasn't doing the maths, and I wasn't following. I've only just new to Twitter, so I wasn't following anyone on Twitter. <laughs> and I just went. I think I need to make up some points, so I just went the the captain on Danger, and uh, yeah, it did not pay off. So I think my <laughs> year went like that consistently. I, I had a few good steal VCs. Other than that, I think I had a, a pretty poor captain, vice captain, Steve. Well, with that, with the decision to take the risk on Dangerfield, did you do anything else in the run home any any differently, knowing that you were in the hunt for a real top end finish? I think I would have held my Cali trade um, if I wasn't near the top end. I, I think I was sitting. Says he's seventh in round twenty-one when I 
did the trade and I I didn't want to fall out of the top 10 and I ended up falling out anyway because I had a donut on the ground. So, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't have done that trade, I don't reckon. I would have kept it till the last round, which I, uh, I think in future years I'll hold one trade at least till the end of the the home and away season. Just so if we, we saw some carnage in that last round with uh, Zebel going out and all that, so... Yeah, think always holding one trade to the last round is pretty wise. Especially when they advised that the buy would be abolished as well. I think a lot of people were expecting even worse chaos in that last round. Um, so, more so, did you make any decisions late in the season knowing that you were fighting for a prize that you might not have made if you were ranked 5,000th sort of thing? Hmm... Did your behaviour change? Did you did you get safe oh. with the VCs? Clearly not, based on that last round. But no, I think I got more sporadic. I think I just <laughs> like I ended up not watching football games because I was nervous about where I was going to finish. Um, I I probably wouldn't have done the Grundy trade if I was ranked lower. I wouldn't have traded him out and traded him back in. I would have probably. Played it a bit more safe and played yeah. for league. Um, just a few little things like that, I guess. But when you, yeah, when you're in the top hundred, you just do a few more risky things, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're in the hunt for money, and that happens. I mean, it's never happened for me, and I've played for a lot of years. It sometimes doesn't happen to any to a coach that plays for you know fifteen, twenty years. If you're in that position, I would rather go for top 10 and finish 1500 than just consolidate my you know top 250 ranking i think i think going hard like you did and finishing where you did is a, is a testament to the type of player you sort of become when you're in that situation would you agree yeah it definitely worked both ways i was as we were saying earlier when i was 2000 i went hard all year and then if you don't have any trades left, it really shows towards the end of the year how fast you can drop off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so lessons learned during the season, big ones. Um, maybe planning for the buyers, uh, making your team earlier, doing more research. What's, what's the big takeaway from this year? Because the way I see it, you can improve by about eight ranks next year. Uh-huh. I could probably do my VCs a bit better. I remember earlier in the year, I wasn't even bothering um, loopholing my rookies in the first maybe seven or eight rounds. I wasn't even, didn't really look at it too hard. I didn't, I don't know if it's, I, I, I used to get confused with it a little bit and uh, I finally clicked on. So I'll probably, yeah, do that at the start of the year next year. Um other lessons. I think a lesson to learn this year is also that I think the ruck power has gone out of it a little bit where we can start to go away from the Gaudy pick and uh, and pick maybe some uh, two rookie ruckmen hopefully present themselves and just have one main ruckman hopefully. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people are early days looking at that. Um, that kind of leads me to my next question of who you have your eyes on next season. So, um, what has taken or piqued your interest early days? And it's okay to have not thought about Supercoach 2022 after that crazy year, but yeah, what's what's grabbed you so far? 
I think uh, definitely Butters will be a start. Um, I've been looking... Uh, I saw today in Slack uh, whether uh, Mitch Duncan will get a DPP status, and if he gets yeah. one, I'll be starting him no matter what. Um, Is that Geelong bias? No, I think he can average 105 to 110 and as a be forward. a forward. If he, yeah. As a forward, yeah. You're not, you're not going to say no to that. Um, other than that, I'm probably just looking at... Um, Whoever Carlton's coach is next, and what type of game style they're gonna they're gonna use next year, whether it's like what North Melbourne have done, and they're gonna play kick to kick in the back line, or a lot of uh, yeah game style changes. I'll be keeping an eye on. I think. Yeah, so North Melbourne's super interesting. I think whoever they end up with the half back role that Aaron Hall had, it might still be Aaron Hall. It might be good value. Um, we'll just come forward as excellent value for money next year because it's just such a lucrative role. Yeah, I think you can't say no to that. Absolutely. Um, that almost does us. Anything else you want to point out, maybe say? Do you want to shout out to your girlfriend who didn't think Supercoach was worth your time and now you've got $1,000 in your pocket? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give her a shout out. She, um, she put up with my crap all year. <laughs> which was good, which was good of her, and she she uh, frequently told me to stop looking at my phone when we were watching the footy because that's all I could do was uh, look at the updated scores. So yeah, a big thank you to Lily, my partner, who put up with me all year. Any any uh, any other things that you want to add on there about your season or? Um, nah, not particularly. I think just uh, a good piece of advice. I think is just. Making sure you listen to the uh, Doctor Daily Doses at the start of the year, just so you, you get a pretty good rundown of all the players that Slack are keeping an eye on, which that, well obviously helps a lot of the community in Slack because uh, forget how many were in the top 100, but there were quite a few. Yeah, lots. Uh, I can't remember either, but um, yeah, sh- shameless plug. I'll go into uh, Doctor's Daily Doses. Yeah, the 30 podcasts we do one per day in the preseason, just a usual 20 to 40 minute podcast about one specific player discussing them and and just the validity of selecting them or not selecting them. I think we did one on Tom Phillips and just ragged on him the entire time last year. So um, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of work goes into that sort of content. I'm, I'm really glad. I think we've heard from every winner that that um, series was probably um, somewhat of a factor in their decision-making early on, which is great to hear. So um, at least the information is going somewhere. We're not just talking into a mic for no reason. So it's good to hear. Yes, yes. So that will essentially wrap us up. You do have social media. I saw you follow me before the podcast. I think, I don't know if that was... Very new to of... Twitter. Yeah, okay. Um, so wait, I'm, I'm having a look here. you got four followers. You're flying at the moment. I'll chuck your follow on the podcast. So you've got five now. Um, do you want to give it a plug? Yeah, so I think it's MVP MVP. I'm pretty sure. So it's it's just your team name twice. Twice, yeah. Yep. And wait, just quickly, MVP. Shout out to Philly, or are you not, are you still mad at them? Yeah, shout out to everyone in Philly except for Ben Simmons. <laughs> okay, still a little bit of resentment. Fair enough. <laughs> still real salty. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, go give him a follow. Go give us a follow. You know our handles. Um, thanks very much for joining me today, Dev. No, thank you. Excellent.
Awesome. And we'll catch everyone soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.